Postcards from Home. Ema McKenna lives near Dublin and is a stay-at-home mother to two young boys for whom she's worked hard alongside her husband to create a nurturing home. Her eldest, George, has autism, so the transition from school to lockdown needed to be managed carefully. In this postcard, recorded on the 19th of April, she talks about maintaining structure for the children whilst mindfully appreciating the positives about life, despite the wider coronavirus fears. I'm Emer. I am a wife and a mother. And we live in a beautiful leafy suburb of Dublin, Ireland. My husband is a sound recordist and a lecturer, and it often takes him away from us for a few days at a time um, to go recording documentaries, etc. And my boys are George, who's almost nine and has autism, and Oscar, who is six and a half, and that half is very important, obviously. Um, so I am blessed to be a stay-at-home mum and I'm the primary caregiver to our kids. So a typical day in our life would be getting up 7am and helping the kids get ready for school. And they're both fiercely independent children and George will insist on making breakfast for both boys. They go off and play for a few minutes and then we walk them to school. We are lucky to have our shops, our supermarkets, fishmongers, butchers, pharmacy and community centre and church, all less than five minutes walking away. And we live in a beautiful suburb where community is very important. And if I'm not seen down at the shops for a few days it'll be commented on when I go back and it's just really lovely people are very caring around here and so when the boys go to school I go about my daily business whatever that is and it's you know I don't mind taking time for myself and going to the gym or meeting friends for coffee and I collect the boys and we do the normal things we have a normal life George's Autism has been an absolute blessing for us in an awful lot of ways uh, in that we were given um, classes on how to parent and how to support our child. And those have been invaluable through this crisis that we're going through at the moment. So things have changed here. We were blessed in one sense, especially with George, because we knew this was coming down the line. We knew we'd have to have a serious conversation about this with the boys. And yet you don't want to scare them. But George has a special needs assistant at school and she is an amazing lady. And she explained things to George. So he came home and said, Mom, I would like to talk about COVID-19. 
And we were all sitting around the dinner table. And I said, OK, right, you tell us about what you know about it. And he proceeded to tell us. And it's amazing. Autism <laughs> autism is wonderful. It's amazing what he has picked up on. Um, he told us that there was this this virus around and we had to wash our hands and all that. But mum, it's not as bad as the really bad one. The really bad one was called the plague. And that was really bad, mum. And there's another one. I don't know if you know this one, mum. It was called cholera. <laughs> and he, they're the ones he picked up on and he thought, well, COVID-19 isn't as bad as these. And that was hugely important to him. And then Oscar wanted to ask questions about it. And we're very, we're very, very open with the children. There's no such thing as a wrong question or an inappropriate question. We will present things to them in a way we think they need to hear it, but it will never be an untruth or it will never be, you know, don't ask that. You don't need to know. Um, so anything they wanted to ask and Oscar, six and a half going on 70, asked the question, could you die from it, mum? And I says, well, I think that's highly unlikely because I wash my hands. We're not going out. And he said, but could you? And I went, well, you know, he said, he uses the euphemism, could it be your time? And I went, well, you know, when it's your time, it's your time. And it really upset him. But we talked about it further. We hashed it out and they're okay with it. I have noticed, however, at nighttime, their sleep patterns have changed. Um, George is up much later. And is reading an awful lot more at night time. Um, and I think that's. He knows that this is an unusual time um, in that as well. We're homeschooling. That's a huge part of it. Um, and because of, as I say, George's autism, we've had to keep structures in place, very rigid structures. And it has been brilliant. It has been the making of us. Um, so the boys would be homeschooled from nine in the morning. Um, through to half past one with, you know, three breaks in between. But we have kept up the schoolwork and it's particularly um, important for Oscar because he is thriving under the one-to-one -one schooling. George just, not a bother, George just learns and is so thirsty for knowledge. And he loves it. He loves being homeschooled. So things have really been OK for us. And that's why I certainly feel I can insulate myself against how insane a time we're living in. Sometimes I feel like you know, the children will be playing happily, oblivious to everything. And I feel like just there's this screaming in my head. This is not normal. What's happening now is not normal. This shouldn't be happening and we shouldn't have to go through this. I shouldn't be told I'm not able to go and see my in-laws who live 20 minutes away. Like that's not fair and that's not right. And this is not right time. This is a weird, weird time. So I've had to work hard on my mental health because I'm very much to be the best mother and wife I can be I need to take care of myself I 
am a person who went through um, postpartum depression and PTSD. And because of that, I had the most amazing counsellor, the most amazing husband first who recognised it and saw it and encouraged me when I needed help. He said, yes, I think you absolutely go to the doctor and go to a counsellor. So I went to a counsellor for years and she gave me incredible tools to be able to deal with trauma and breathing techniques a huge part of it um and I, i'm very surprised at how well i'm coping with this as long as i can vent and there are times where i will scream into a pillow or i will go out to the back garden and stand in the back garden and just breathe for five minutes just concentrate on my breathing um i think i'm coping very well with it but i think it's because as well that everyone around me is doing the right thing. And it's very easy when you see other people respecting the social distancing and the staying at home and the cocooning. It's very easy to go, right, we're all in this together and we really can make a difference by simply staying at home. So I, I, I do think we're coping OK. But one thing I've done as well and I found I started this the other day and I found this really cathartic and really helpful is I have made a COVID-19 thankful list. Nothing is out of bounds. So it the first thing on my list is, of course, we're thankful. I'm thankful for each other and that we can actually get on as a family and live in the house without too much <laughs> arguing going on. Or, you know, we can effectively, we can live, we can manage through this. And we do actually like spending time with each other. And then down to other things like, I'm so thankful that we have rooms in our house. We have an old fashioned house with lots of rooms that we can get away from each other when we need to. I'm also thankful for silly little things like mascara. When I get up in the morning, if, you know, another day of this, okay, okay, this is a bit difficult. Look in the mirror and go, ugh, and put on a bit of mascara. It is amazing what that does for my mental health. And it was the thing that brought me out of postpartum depression too, just mascara. I am thankful for Tony's chocolate. I am thankful for Eat Reels lentil crisps. And I am very thankful for Aldi's organic Prosecco. You know, I'm thankful for our printer. That I can print out colouring pages, Marvel colouring pages for my boy. I'm thankful that my husband is a sound recordist because in the afternoons I sit down, Colin mics me up and I sit down with the boys and we read David Williams books and Roald Dahl books. And they have me recorded forevermore reading books to them. I don't have a single recording of my mother. I don't, I have maybe three photographs of my mother. This is something that I would never have done only for we're in lockdown. This is something I have done that I can give them and possibly they can give to their children. And this is an important time and we can do this. I am thankful for cross-stitching. 
at Christmas, I don't know where it came from. I asked my husband for a cross stitch kit. And oh my God, that has done so much for my mental health. I sit and I cross stitch and the world could fall down around me and I won't care because I can cross stitch. I'm thankful for the earth healing. We can we can see the bottom of the Liffey now. And it's it's tremendous. It's wonderful. We hear bird songs so much more now. And it's beautiful. So there's, you know, we are going through a terrible time, but I really think when you have a positive thought, write it down and put it away in a little diary. When this is all over, put it away in a little box. We have a COVID-19 box. And in years to come, because of the kid's age, maybe George will remember it, but I don't think Oscar will, that we can look back and say, yeah, this is what we went through. Can you believe it? And it'll be a source of fascination for them as opposed to a traumatic memory. Postcards from Home is produced by Eleanor Schember using music created by Kai Engel.